come and more that can be fed. Amen? So we're talking uh, this evening on the subject of freedom from lack. I'm glad to know that it is the will of God for you and I to prosper. It is not the will of God for us to be in lack and to do without in life. Amen. That is the plan of God. And our redemption, of course, the most important thing that we've been redeemed from is sin and hell. But redemption includes redemption and freedom from lack and poverty. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He was made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. See, Jesus hung on a tree for me. Jesus hung on the tree for you. He went to Calvary's cross, F.F. Bosworth says, spirit, soul, and body to redeem mankind, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. So thank God for your liberty. Thank God for your freedom from lack. Now, faith begins where the will of God is known. And faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. For some of you, this might be new. For others of you, we're watering the seed. Amen? And how many of you know that the seeds that have been planted in all of our hearts over the years and maybe even decades, those seeds need to be watered. Amen? Because the teaching of God's Word, it waters the seed. And then as a result of the seed being watered, the Lord of increase, the God of increase, He brings the increase. Amen? Thank God for that. I'm glad that it is not my responsibility to bring increase into my life. It's not my responsibility. Neither is it your responsibility. But it is our responsibility to make sure then that we are uh, in a position to receive and that we're continually going over the scriptures and keeping our minds sharp and keeping our mindset of abundance. Amen. Amen. So let's look at that scripture in John 10.10. 10, and I want to look at the Amplified Version. Look at your neighbor and say, God's will is increase. God's will is increase. Gain and profit. Gain. Enlargement, and Enlargement and momentum. Favor and success. Favor and success. For, your life. for your life. So in John chapter 10 and in verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. That is decrease. But I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Of course, the Amplified says have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. Last week we talked about that our cup runs over. Doesn't our Father know when the cup is full? Sure He does, but He just keeps on pouring. Amen? As a matter of fact, the message says that He prepares a six-course meal for us right in the presence of our enemies. My cup, your cup, what's happening? We're running over. Amen? Now, this word abundance or abundant that we'll look at in another scripture in a moment simply means surplusage. It means superabundance. It means beyond. It means superabundant in quantity and superior in quality. The word abundant there also means excessive. 
So when it says here that he's come that we might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance, he's basically saying that we would have more than, more than enough. Amen. More than, more than enough. And so basically, you know, there are three different levels that most people live on. Oftentimes people live in the level of not enough. Secondarily, people live in the arena of just enough. But I believe that by God's grace, we're coming out. And we're getting into the land of more than enough. Amen. Amen. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. He didn't say I'm full of wants. He says, thank God I shall not want. So thank the Lord for that. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And uh, notice with me something here in verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And in verse 8. And I I do want to uh, look at this particular one in the Amplified Version, if we can. And we're going to see this word abundance again. I've come that you might have life. Have it more abundantly. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to make what? Okay, so now notice with me the word grace. Grace includes your abundance. The God of abundance, by His grace, has made provision for you and I to live in this life with not just enough, but with more than enough. That's the grace of God. And God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing Come to you in abundance. I like what he says there. He says, coming to you in abundance, not necessarily you going after it, but it coming to you, which aligns itself with Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. If you obey and serve him, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. So we don't have to go running after the blessing. We are in the blessing. We are the blessed. Amen? The blessing is up on our lives. So God's able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. That's surplusage. So that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need... Now, have you ever heard of a need out there that you really, really wanted to give to? I have. We all have. But we were not quite in a position to do exactly what we wanted to do. Now, let me tell you this. If you want to do $1,000, but you don't have $1,000, and you have $1, do $1. Because $1 can very quickly turn into $100. So don't wait till you, you know, you, 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 you are in a position to give that big gift that you, in your heart you want to give. Give what's in your hand right now. And if you'll put your not enough into the hands of him that is more than enough, he'll see to it that you come to a place. Amen. Where you have more than enough. Amen. And, uh. And so there's just, a, and, and in your giving, you need to be spirit-led. You need to be spirit-led. You don't want to just be giving because there's a need. 
You want to be giving your seed, spirit-led, spirit-directed by Him. Amen. Amen? Of course, you know we're to bring our tithes into the storehouse, which I believe is the local church. But there's so many areas that you can give into. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit, not led by needs, not led by tears of pastors and, and whatever. Amen? But led by the Spirit. Because your Spirit-led giving will... Hallelujah. How do I say it, Lord? Your Spirit-led giving will absolutely be seed that is hot in the soil that God has placed it in. Amen? In other words, the soil's hot, the seed's hot, and what I'm trying to say is it's going to produce. Because when it's Spirit-led, the Spirit of the Lord will bring it forth. Amen? And see, so if, if we're giving... And, in, and this is even in the area in the usage of our time and our energy and expenditures. Expenditures. How many of you know your energy can be an expenditure? And if you use your energy on the wrong thing, and when it's time to do the right thing, you may not have what you need because you've expended it on something else. So you've got to be spirit-led with your energy. Spirit-led with your time. You don't want to be just jumping, jumping into every little thing that comes along the way. Amen. I keep giving myself a spit shower tonight. <laughs> it's anointed anyway. Lord, teach us to number our days. Lord, teach us to use our time wisely. You know, when you get up to be 63 years old like I am, you think more about these things. But really, you don't, have to, you don't have to get to be 63, 73 years old to start thinking about these things and using wisdom. You in your 20s, you in your 30s, you in your 40s can really think about these things and put them into practice. And when it's time for you to have the energy, for you to have the money, for you to have whatever it needs... When God calls on it, it'll be there because you haven't used it on other things. That's a good point. Yeah. Amen. Amen, Pastor. That's a good Praise the Lord. Spirit-led giving. Spirit-led expenditures. Amen? So all of us have unction in our heart. All of us have desires in our heart to sow and to and to uh, be a blessing and to, and to have the ability to do that. Amen? But I, I just want to reemphasize, don't wait till you have something big to give. Give what's in your hand. It might be a penny. Kenneth Copeland, when he first started out, he was sitting in one of Oral Roberts' meetings and he didn't have a penny, but he had the pen or the pencil. That they gave him to write it out. And he sewed that pencil. Yeah, that's right. And you know, Brother Copeland's got his needs met. Amen. So, here's what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. God's able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. So that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need, be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support, and furnished how? 
in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Amen? Now understand this, that donations aren't always just monetary. Donating your time is a charitable donation. Amen? So what he's talking about here is abounding ability. That is, that is ability that's out beyond us. That is where you and I tap into his ability. Where his supernatural comes upon our natural. Amen? Could you go for his supernatural coming upon your natural in various areas? See, God doesn't want to give us just an eek by, squeak by life. Amen? He is the God who is more than enough. Amen. Amen. All right, look at Psalm 115. And let's look at verses 12 through 14. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, the subject of prosperity is often uh, frowned upon and looked down upon by people that don't really have an understanding of what true biblical prosperity is. And um, people have a tendency to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater, if you know what I mean. And there have been certain ministers, certain preachers, in all honesty, that, you know, are crooks. And uh, that really have misused the message of prosperity in a manipulative way and have really not honored God in the way they're doing it. And, you know, but just like there's crooked preachers, there's crooked doctors. There's crooked school teachers. I want you to know right now, you're not looking at a crooked preacher. <laughs> you're, not, you're not looking at a crooked preacher. So you're in a safe place. So if, if, you know, on the inside of you and you start talking about abundance and increase, something kind of scratches on the inside of you, just relax. Just relax. Chill out. Amen? God loves you. Amen? But if, if we allow our religious traditions to build a wall between the preacher and what's being said, even because of past bad experiences, then we're not really hearing what the Spirit of God is saying. Amen? And so it's important to stay focused on Him. Look at Psalms 115, verses 12 through 14. It says, The Lord has been mindful of us, we're on His mind, he will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. Amen. He's no respecter of persons. Yeah. The Lord will increase you more and more, you and your children. So we see here that increase is the will of God. Now, you know that increase is not just in the area of finances. If you look at the Word of God, really... And you, and you do a little word study on the word increase, you will see that that word increase is used in a various amount of areas of our lives. For example, he wants us to increase in the knowledge of him. Yeah. 
He wants to increase our strength. Amen? And in one area that I really believe that he wants to, to work a work in all of our lives is I believe that he wants us to increase in walking in the love of God. Let's talk about that just for a few moments, can we? Don't you know that the love of God is a very important subject? Amen. When you're walking in love, you're walking in the Spirit. And when you're walking in the Spirit, you're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. And when you're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, and when you're walking in the Spirit and walking in love, you're walking in the realm where God walks. And when you're walking in the realm where God walks, you're walking in the realm of the miraculous. And when you're walking in the realm of the miraculous, you're walking not only in miracles for your body and miracles for your relatives and miracles for people, but even miracles provisionally for your life. Hallelujah. The love of God on the inside of us never fails. The opposite of failure, the opposite of success is failure. Thank God when you're walking in love, it's amazing. Now this area of walking in love can increase in all of our lives, including yours truly. Just ask my wife. Let's look at um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 12. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 12. Man, this is good. You know, I caught myself today um, kind of drifting in my thought life uh, concerning um, another brother in the Lord. And the thoughts that were coming to me were not love-based. And I identified that those thoughts that were coming to me were fear-based. And I understood that if the enemy can get us into an area of fear and in strife, he has paralyzed us in our walk with God for that moment. But I caught myself. I caught myself, and this scripture just came right out of my spirit. There is no fear in love. In other words, what the Holy Spirit was saying to me, you don't have to be afraid of that. If you just walk in the love of God and just lift that up to me and release it to me, everything will be all right. Amen. Amen. But you see, what the enemy wants to do is he wants you to, to start thinking the worst of people. Even before you even know the people or maybe he even haven't met the people he wants you to you see he he is a liar and and one of his main baits that he uses is to believe the worst anybody ever done that just believe the worst well that's exactly opposite of what love is In Corinthians, the Bible says the love of God on the inside of you that shed abroad in your heart is ever ready to believe. Now listen, the best, the best of every person. So fear-filled thoughts, angry thoughts, evil imaginations, that's not believing the best. You know what we need to do with those? We need to cast them down and then bind them 
in the name of Jesus and put them on the run. Amen. 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 Somebody says, well, what was that all about? That's none of your business. <laughs> I mean, just like really the things that you deal with in that arena are really none of my business. Amen. Amen. It's between you and God. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 12, notice this with me. Everyone say increase, Increase. not decrease. We should not be decreasing the older we get in God in the love of God. We should be increasing. We should be more, what word would I describe it? We should be more ardent. We should be more advanced in our love walk. Amen. Now, the tests to walk in love or to walk in strife, to walk in love or to walk in selfishness, to walk in the spirit or to walk in the flesh, the tests are coming. They're coming. Like, all the time they come. Amen. But the more mature we get spiritually, the more advanced we get And the more we pass those tests and the less we fail. Mm -hmm. And the more that we pass those tests, the more presence of him we'll experience in our life. No strife. No division. But presence. Mm -hmm. All right. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 12 it says, And the Lord makes you... To increase and abound. There's that word abound again, isn't it? Abundance. Lord, make you to increase and have a, an abound in love toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. So that's increase. And then look at First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. What have we been talking about most of this year on Sunday mornings? Can anyone tell me? Thank you. All right. Okay, that's right. Thank you. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. That was a test. All right. But as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write into you, for you yourselves are taught of God to do what? We're taught to love one another. Verse 10. Read it with me. And indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia, but we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. More and more. So if God tells me and you that we can abound in love and we can increase more and more, that means that there is room for growth. Is there room for growth in your walk with God? Is there room for growth in your love walk? Now here's what will happen when we develop and we grow spiritually. Because really... Having nice clothes, having nice automobiles and and nice houses and all those things, that is not the mark of maturity in the eyes of God. It isn't. The Bible says 
that love is the bond or the mark of perfection. That's in the book of Colossians. I can't tell you exactly where, but it's there somewhere. Say it with me. Love. love. What's love got to do with it, Jesse DePlanis says? Everything. Everything. Amen. Right? He says this, the love of God is the bond or is the earmark or is what marks you and lets you know that you're being perfected, that you're growing, that you're maturing in Christ. Amen. 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 That's awesome. Growing in love. Room to grow. Now, turn over to John 14. Verses 21 through 23. And I ask you tonight, did you wear your shouting clothes? And let's look at this in the Amplified Version. Man, this is good food right here. I'm increasing. You're increasing. In the love of God. Amen. Well, somebody says, but I chewed somebody out today. Well, repent. Ask God to forgive you. Amen? Yeah, but I'm still mad. It's 818. It's getting darker as I speak. And the Bible does say, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Now, what does that mean? That simply means this. Take care of it ASAP. Amen? But I don't feel like it. (laughs) Your feelings don't have anything to do with it. Put your feelings under your feet and do what you know to do. Do what is right. That means that you might have to go to a person and ask them to forgive you. That means that you, you might have to say to that person... The way I said that was wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I I don't want to do that. If God leads you to do it, you don't have a choice. I mean, you do have a choice. But if God leads you to do it, you better do it. Amen. Now, anyway, so we're really getting a lot of different places here. Look at John 14 and verse 21. Amen. So the person who has my commands, and by the way, his commands are not what? They're not grievous, they're not burdensome. He says you can increase, you can increase. So the person who has my commands and keeps them, or does them, that word keep in the Greek literally means does them, is the one who really loves me. Oh Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. That's wonderful and that's great, but are you a doer of the word? Amen? Because really he's saying that the person who really loves me does what I say. And whoever really loves me, he will be or she will be loved by my father. And I too will love him and will show, reveal and manifest myself to him. I will let myself to be clearly seen by him. And I will make myself real to him. Oh my goodness. Think about that just for a moment. If we'll walk in this commandment of love and be a doer of the word, we are now then in position 
for him to manifest himself to us. For the wonders of his person, come on, to be seen clearly. And he says, I'll become more real to you than you could ever possibly imagine. Woo, glory to God. I'm not sure everything that that means, but I want in on that. I want in on that. You know, it's like Paul said, then I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the wonders of his person. Woo! But the person who just kind of lollygags around and does the word when they feel like it and walks by sight instead of by faith and walks in the flesh most of the time and is carnal, they will not be in a position for God to manifest himself to them. Okay? Now, I know that's kind of a negative statement, but it's happening in the body of Christ worldwide. Okay? But not in this place. Not in this temple. Not in your life. Not in my life. Amen? We're walking in the Spirit. All right? Now notice verse 22. Judas, not a scared, asked him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself, make yourself real to us, and not the world? Look at verse 23. Jesus answered, if a person really loves me, he reiterates it. He will keep my words, obey my teaching, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and we will make our home. Our abode, our special dwelling place. Come on, guys. He says, I'll make my home, my special dwelling place. With the one who does the word? That's God manifesting himself to you. When he makes his home, he makes his abode, he makes his dwelling place with you, you're going to have his presence saturating your home and saturating your being. And the glory of the Lord is going to be all around you. And the goodness of God and the love of God will be seen on your face. And the light of God shall rise up on the inside. And many, many shall come to the light of thy rising. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'll tell you who's God is. I'll tell you who God is using in these last days. It's not necessarily just the pastors and the evangelists and the prophets, but he's using people just like you who walk in the life of God and who walk in the love of God, who just have him on them, flowing through them. Isn't that awesome? People just like you. Hallelujah. And so my prayer is tonight that every one of us would increase more and more in the love of God. Okay? So, what do you say? We're going to do it? We're going to do it? Hallelujah. Say it with me. I'm a doer. I'm not a trier. But I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27, and we'll look at the uh, King James Version. I'm wanting to go into another area tonight, but I don't believe the Spirit's prompting me to do that. So let's just stick with this just for a few more moments tonight. 
Let's just stick with this. Look at Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24 uh, through 27. Therefore, whosoever heareth my, these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon what? Which built his house upon a rock. So you are operating in the wisdom of God when you're walking in love and you're walking in the Spirit. You heard the command. You're doing the command. Verse 25. And the rain descended and the floods came. We could say it in the context of what we're talking about tonight. The test will come. The test will come to try you in this area of your love walk. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew. And it beat upon that house, and it fell not. Why? Founded upon a rock. Amen. Did you know that you're hewn out of the same rock that Abraham is? Did you know that? He's the father of faith. We come from that same vein. Glory to God of our father Abraham. Mm -hmm. And as I look at my life, and as I... I was thinking quite a bit about this today. I actually did some journaling about it today. I, I got to thinking about friendships. And I started thinking about different kinds of friends. And uh, I believe the Lord made it real clear to me. Different levels of friendships and different things like that. And that was for me. But I got to looking tonight as I'm teaching about some of the mentors in my life. And I was thinking about mentors earlier today. You know, you can have mentors that you're not real close with as far as friends go. But you can have mentors. You you can read books and pick up the spirit. You can watch videos or DVDs and listen to CDs and you can, you can pick up the spirit of faith. You, you can pick up the, the, the spirit of prosperity, the yeah. spirit of love. So I got to thinking about different mentors and, and so grateful for, you know, all the opportunities that God's given Brenda and I. It's just, he's so good to us. Got to thinking about that. And tonight I'm thinking about Dad Hagen. When I'm thinking about the love of God... You know, Dad Hagen was absolutely known for being a giant in the area of faith and healing. And he spent, spent the last 10 years of his life going around doing Holy Ghost meetings. How many of you were in the Holy Ghost meetings he did here? Man, what a move, right? But did you know that one of the main things that Dad Hagen wanted to sow into the younger generation, like P.T. and I and all of you, is he wanted us to see the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and the different ways that the Holy Spirit would manifest himself. It was wonderful. Amen? And, and his, I wouldn't say his concern was, but his, his heart was that the generations underneath him would not miss out on this glorious move of the Spirit of God. 
And so he would go and, and he would teach and he would preach and impart and lay hands on. And thank God today there's several Word and Holy Ghost churches. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that, you know, we're just not all Word? You get all Word, that's great and everything, but you know what? You can dry up. You get all Spirit, you can blow up. But when you got the Word and you got the Holy Ghost together, whoo, glory to God, you got a dynamic duo. And so he was known as a giant in those areas. But I believe one of the greatest things that I know Dad Hagen for was his love walk. That man of God walked in love. He walked in love. The last sermon that he preached in downtown Tulsa, Oklahoma, camp meeting was down there for many, many years. It was in the month of July. Brenda and I got married in the month of July back in 1977. We went on our honeymoon and I had to report to camp meeting on a Sunday morning early to help set up. But that camp meeting, I mean, if you ever were in Tulsa and you experienced those camp meetings, they were just so awesome. Anaheim was great with the Copelands. That was all good and everything. And all these different meetings had different flavors. But there was just something about that flavor of camp meeting. It was so awesome. But the last sermon that Dad preached in 2003 in July in downtown Tulsa was walking in love. He demonstrated by turning the other cheek. He never ever entered in to the arena of combat with his critics. And he had a ton of them. He had a bunch of them. But he never would enter in to the arena of strife. Dad Hagen would just go about his business, twiddling his thumbs, smiling, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping himself in the love of God. He says, I don't care what they say about me. He says, I've been, how did he say it? I've been, critic, I've been criticized by experts. He said, this little spurt ain't going to do nothing to me. He says, they could say I killed my grandma. And I wouldn't respond. That's walking in love. You know, when, when you have a, a ministry of that stature, you become a target of religious spirits. But he demonstrated the love of God. And when you look at Jesus' ministry, you will see pure love. And the awesome thing about it is, is the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. You can walk in it. Don't hide it under a napkin. Let the love of God on the inside of you grow and develop. So when the rain comes and the test comes, your house won't fall because it was founded upon a rock. Look at verse 26 and 27. And everyone that heareth these things of mine and doesn't do them shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. Next verse. The rain descends, the flood came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. I believe the greatest falls and the greatest failures that I have seen as a minister of the gospel in people's lives, sheep's lives, and in other ministers' lives is a failure to walk in love. You can trace most sin and most failure back to one word, 
selfishness. Selfish. The big me. I. But thank God, it's not about I. And it's not about us. It's about Him. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I stretch forth my hand toward this glorious, wonderful church. And I would pray, Lord God, as senior pastor and pastoral staff, as leaders in this church and as the core of this church, the Lord God, that we would grow and we would develop and that we'd increase yet more and more in the love of God. Let's all stand to our feet and lift up our hands and lift up our voice.